0: 150 years of Children's National Hospital. 150 years of groundbreaking research, of exceptional health care for kids, of helping families like mine and yours. 150 years stronger with your help. Please give today. Visit childrensnational.org slash 150 years. That's childrensnational.org slash 150 years. Can accept it or be stupid and be a skeptic Unconceivable, unbelievable <laughs> Unidentified flying an object I want to Welcome to the I Want to Believe Podcast. This is a special bonus episode. I'm Nomar Slovic, and unfortunately, Kyle is not with us right now. However, I did want to post up some special audio for everyone. What we've got here is the director commentary for my documentary, Otherworldly Amour. As it turns out, authoring DVDs is a bit of a bitch. And I was unable to get this director's commentary on to the DVD. So it it was a very frustrating process. But anyway, I did want to make sure that I did put the director commentary out there. So I have a format to do that. So I'm doing that with this commentary. You'll hear that I do reference that this is on the DVD and all that. So fuck all that shit. And I w- it was a hot night <laughs> when I recorded it, and I was drinking water, so there's lots of times when you can hear me take sips, and I apologize for that. But it is a raw and unfiltered commentary that lasts 40 minutes. It's just as long as the documentary, and all you got to do is go on to Amazon Prime or pop in your DVD Line up When you hear the big smack at the beginning of the documentary, that's the smack of the rogue Paramedia logo and boom, you're on your way and everything will be lined up for you. So I hope you enjoy it. If you haven't seen the documentary or you're sick of hearing me talk about the documentary, uh, you never want to watch the documentary, then you probably shouldn't listen to this. Also, I just started pre-production on season three, fucking three of the I Want to Believe podcast. I have 10 episodes written. I don't know how many episodes we're going to do and kyle and i are going to get together and we're going to get them all recorded like we always do and then i'm going to get everything edited like we always do and then we're going to plop everything online for the winter of 2020 all right that's all i got for now well hello everybody this is nomar slavik i am the writer director and editor of this documentary that you're watching right now called Otherworldly Amore. So, thank you for tuning into this, you know, I'm not really sure who's going to click on that on the DVD or Blu-ray, so thank you for checking this out. And this is just a director's commentary. It is raw and unfiltered and unedited, so whatever I say goes and we're getting started here right at the beginning of the documentary Uh, that was the introduction to this piece here and god love um, these free stock websites uh, because that's where i got some of these clips here that are used in the documentary and it really helps you to fill in the spaces and to help tell a story and when you're out shooting boy the only thing if I were to give any advice is to make sure you have b-roll uh th- i believe this is also stock footage there although bill brock he uh, he shot this right here with the drone and uh, it looks amazing it looks amazing i love it <clears throat> so much that little technique there was something i had to youtube on how to make those squ- squiggly lines onto the uh, onto the video and it's it's you know if you're well versed in adobe premiere i'm sure it's easy but it probably took me four or five hours just to do that this is a great shot here outside of uh, shauna and josh's house this is right in their backyard we actually had two days of shooting. So, you know, shooting a documentary, I guess, depending on its scope and how much you have to travel, things like that, uh, but scheduling plays a key part um, depending on on all of that stuff. You can actually shoot a documentary very quickly, and the real long process comes with the editing. And um, that's not only been my experience, that's been the experience of some of my peers as well. So you can, you know, shoot a documentary typically, you know, in two, three, four, maybe even a week amount of time, you know, two, three, four days or or maybe a week and, and then edit everything together and for me that took a while i had to relearn adobe premiere (laughs) i had actually gone to college for video and multimedia and all that kind of cool stuff and i graduated in 1999 It is now 2019, and so you can imagine things have changed quite dramatically, technology-wise. So I essentially had to relearn Adobe Premiere all over again. But, you know, when you have a a, a foundation for using software to edit either music or video or or something to that effect, or, you know, even Photoshop, you kind of have this general knowledge on how software works. So you're not completely lost. And for me, as I was going about getting myself familiarized with Adobe Premiere, you know, I would just use these clips and try these, you know, different techniques and skills on them. And I would keep doing it until I had a pretty good handle on it. And anything else I didn't know, I would honestly just YouTube a tutorial on it. And uh, I could always get the desire the the desired effect that i wanted you know there's there's nothing high stakes going on here this isn't you know a cgi ridden film by any means you know so very uh basic graphics and basic um uh uh, cgi or or you know effects that i used here so uh certainly um able to be done by anybody with any sort of um less than moderate skill level. (laughs) Essentially, if I can do it, you can do it, and probably better. (laughs) Here's another great shot that Bill Brock did. Absolutely love it. We filmed this on September 1st of 2018, the day before Bill and I were in Exeter, New Hampshire. And... Uh, I had given a presentation uh, on the 31st that evening at the KRI Center for Conscious Studies. Great little center. And um, I did a PowerPoint presentation and uh, was selling some books and uh, signing some stuff and had a great turnout. And we actually showed Bill Brock me and bill brock's documentary abducted new england at that at that event and then the next day we started production on uh, my documentary (laughs) right here so uh kind of cool kind of cool bill's a good guy so uh he's always uh helpful with shooting stuff this is um Uh, This was all shot by Bill. So pretty much anything that's shot very well in this documentary was shot by Bill. Anything that's shoddy or shitty, uh, I probably shot it. And then uh, all the evidence is actually captured by Shauna and Josh, which is amazing. That comes up in the second half of the documentary. I assumed you already watched it. I couldn't imagine you would start with the stupid director's commentary first and then watch the documentary. But if you did, you know, more power to you, I suppose. But yeah, Bill shot all this, and I actually reversed Josh's image. So Josh is sitting to the right here, and in the, uh, the just the, uh, the headshots or medium shots. I don't know what they call them anymore. And, um, he was actually sitting to the left, so if you notice his shirt, the uh, text on it is backwards. But you know that's okay; I don't care. And Shauna, she actually is uh, not corrected and she's uh, or or not uh, changed. She's uh, sitting in the original position, which is to the left, which you saw actually in the uh, in the intro there. Um, and this is all color corrected too. You know the blacks look really nice and black and everything, and so uh, the color correction. Boy, that was that was a bit of a process because there's <clears throat> there's lots of different ways that you can color correct, and I downloaded uh, a bunch of plugins and playing with them is it's quite the process at least for me anyways because the computer system that I'm using to or that I used to edit this documentary. It is not robust by any means. It's not made for video editing. So Adobe Premiere and Photoshop and whatever else I have on there operates very slowly because those are robust programs, uh, robust software to be running on on an HP laptop. So I had to get, you know, a bit creative and uh, on how to to, to to work around those lags. So what I ended up having to do is make little clips, you know, anywhere from one minute to four minutes and then piece all those clips together to to make this documentary and for the color correction piece i couldn't get the preview video inside the adobe premiere software to play smoothly because again it's so robust and the computer system uh, or the laptop couldn't couldn't keep up and so it kept buffering while it was trying to play and that's really hard when you're trying to make edits and while you're trying to see how things look on screen without it being pixelated or buffering so what i would do uh, is i would render out you know like 30 seconds of video and that might not seem like a big deal but rendering out 30 seconds of video on my laptop takes about a half hour or so um Yeah, well I guess depending on the quality. So if I did a lower quality, it would obviously take, you know, maybe five minutes, something like that. But I wanted the highest quality possible because I wanted to see what the broadcast quality would look like with the color correction or any edits that I made. So I tested a bunch of color correction plugins on different pieces of video so I could see what it looked like. And anytime I did that, you know just 30 seconds it would take about a half hour so i'm probably 10 10 12 hours um just in color correction testing you know so th- that was that was quite the process i f- think i finished that over the course of a week with all the rendering and trying out the different plugins and i finally settled on a certain plugin boy i'm trying to think of the name of it right now z32 something like that Anyway. Um, It was a combination of that plug-in plus some color correction in the uh, color palette uh, module or tab or whatever they call it in Premiere. Playing around with that a little bit with the different colors and the whites and blacks and exposure and contrast, brightness, all that good stuff. That was quite a bit over um, (laughs) discussing color correction. But, you know, I guess just giving giving you some insight into what, uh, you know, filmmakers... Have to go through when they're editing especially poor filmmakers with shoddy equipment maybe all i'm describing is just what i went through and i don't even think i call myself a uh, a filmmaker i would say i'm a quasi-documentarian <laughs> and quasi means that well eh, you don't really you know you're not really one but you're kind of p- pretending to be one or you think you're one but you're not really one but anyways what, what, when it boils down why I write these books, why I make these documentaries, <clears throat> why I do my podcast, which is I Want to Believe, the podcast, check it out, it's on iTunes and Spotify, all that good stuff. Why I do all that, um, under the umbrella of paranormal, which is everything from hauntings to UFOs, Sasquatch, uh, uh, dogmen, black-eyed kids, all that good stuff, the reason I do all that is I like to tell stories and I like to tell i I, I like to share share people's stories to to for a few different reasons it's it's to get these stories out there because I think they're important something's happening in the world and some not everybody's paying attention to it and i think it's an important thing to pay attention to because not everything is is always what it seems and it maybe could have a bigger uh, impact to our lives than than we truly understand and well without getting all philosophical or giving you all of my opinions on on the paranormal i i, I want to tell people's stories so they can be heard and these stories can be cataloged uh realistically for like historical record you know people like Seth Breedlove and Alexander Petikov and Bill Brock and Lauren Coleman and and Michelle Souye and, and so, so many other people i mean even like Jason Haas Josh Gates like uh all these guys um <laughs> and beyond i'm missing like a million names so please don't get mad at me but there's a, a a bunch of people out there like me and like those people i named that are trying to get these stories out there and it's not for quote entertainment purposes or to make money it's because these these stories need to be told and they need to be told with care and with affection and you know with uh, a, a non-judgmental ear. Some of these stories are crazy. Listen to what Josh is saying right now, you know, about being pulled off his bed and seeing these things on the ceiling like that's ridiculous. you know that's absolutely ridiculous. But when you look at Josh in his eyes that which I did on more than one occasion in him sharing these stories with me, you can't help but believe them. There's such a genuineness to him and tishana that their story begs to be told and i'd like to do that and get their story out there so other people can hear them and sometimes that might be perceived as entertainment to whoever's watching it which you know that's fine uh, because they have some sort of interest in the paranormal but for other people who have had unknown or 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 otherworldly experiences they can know that they're not alone and they're like wow you know this this thing was really crazy and it happened to them and these people shared it and, and they're fine and and hopefully they feel better and maybe i don't feel so alone right now and maybe i just um maybe i can share my story or or maybe that person will just have the solace of knowing that they're not alone and that's great too you know So anyways, enough blabbing about that. I I uh, uh I just really enjoy telling people's stories and 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 I like doing it in all sorts of mediums you know I've done it with the written word and uh through audio with podcasts and my own music and uh, also in video format you know and and, and uh, maybe there'll be another technology that I will experiment with at some point who knows you know holograms or make an app or you know I don't know but uh, for right now, I think we're going to stick to writing and podcasts and and these documentaries here, and, and that'll be good. Right now, it's uh, it's it's May first, twenty nineteen, and uh, I'm sitting in a recliner, and I'm watching this on a television, and I, I just can't believe that we're finally at this moment. You know when i when I took on josh's and shauna's story i went and visited them uh during the summer of 2018 we shot this in august part of it in august but i actually went and saw them for an initial visit boy it was maybe june of 2018 maybe it might have been a little earlier than that and uh, i just went down and interviewed them and uh, i was just blown away by their story and i just knew that um You know writing about it in a book wouldn't have done it justice they have all this evidence and you can't just share that evidence in a book there's some pictures obviously that we could share but they have like video evidence they have audio evidence and it really begged to be told uh, on video and after having a discussion with them for right around three hours maybe four hours i asked them if they would allow me to make a documentary about about their experiences and i wouldn't say they were apprehensive but they were you know they were just like what and uh, had to think about it you know a little bit and we discussed some of the concerns that they had and and uh, and from that moment on it led to uh, or turned into this this amazing journey of friendship and, and, you know, getting to know one another and to really get to know them intimately. It was, uh, quite the journey for us. You know, we, uh, we, we keep in fairly constant communication. Uh, we talk weekly, whether it's, uh, via, you know, instant messenger or by phone or, uh, going to see them. You know, we've, you know, I've been down a few times and and all that good stuff, and they're just amazing people, and and, and we only had, you know, the, the two days of shooting, August 31st, and then I went down again in February of this year and, and, and shot some more stuff, all the evidence review stuff, which is the second half of this documentary, and um, so I only really spent three full days with them. I had seen them on a couple other different occasions, like they came down to, you know, my presentation down at KRI, things like that. But uh, what's really interesting, or maybe what's sad, is that I actually spent the last year with them every day, but it was on my laptop and and hearing their voices in my headphones and looking at their faces you know, 12 inches away from mine, on my computer screen. And, you know, they became my friends that way. And I got to know them that way. And, uh, I didn't know this would be so emotional, but, you know, uh, you, re- you just really get to know somebody when, when you can tell, How they feel about something because of the nuance in their tone of voice and that's what i got to learn about them and uh it's it's not reciprocal because they didn't have that experience with me they have experiences with me of meeting me in person talking to me in person and then essentially talking to me online you know and and of course we've developed this this uh, mutual kinship but but i feel I feel as though i've had this intimate relationship with them uh intimate in the sense of you know close and 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 getting their thoughts on all the raw video all the raw audio and really hearing everything about their lives you know because we have about 10 hours worth of video and this is chopped down to you know 40 minutes or so and there's just so much so much that i've learned about them over the last year spending every day with them and i just think they're amazing and uh, they they absolutely love each other and and when it comes down to it this is a love story that's the story i'm telling here and it's the, the 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 extraterrestrial aspect to it is equally as fascinating in my opinion but the love story just how much the these guys love each other like i want that in my life with someone and it's really interesting when i met them a chapter in my personal life had just ended it just ended a, a few months before that it was a long-term relationship of uh, uh you, you know six years and uh, i'm still in love and uh, but it's over and these guys <laughs> i just i could have been better and uh and they they showed me that they they showed me how i could have been better you know how to how to love better i don't even know if that's a thing but you know just uh and it and it's not about doing these things for you know for another another person or buying gifts or whatever it's about it's about you being good to yourself and, and having confidence in yourself and to love yourself because when you can do all that you can then love another person you know and, and i think Sean and josh had their own you know personal uh you know well, as we all do baggage and things like that and, and they helped course correct each other and it happened very quickly and 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 I've never seen a relationship as stable as as these two guys. They're they're lunatics in love, <laughs> and uh, it's inspiring. Something to strive for. Yeah, this part right here. Sorry, boy, that was a tangent. But this part, I told you, unedited. Anyway, this part right here was was really interesting. When I went down in February, Shauna started talking about electronics that weren't working and. And things that would screw up around the house. And sure as enough, as soon as I hit the record button, I was maybe able to record about, I don't know, 10 minutes worth of video. And a lot of that was just kind of like B-roll and getting set up and and things like that. But when it came time for them to be like, okay, let's go, action. My camera stops working, you know? It's like, what? What's going on here? So I shut it down and restart it. I'm like, okay, we're back up to speed. Da, da, da. Um, Start recording again. Boom. It would freeze. And I was like, what? And it, you know, it would record for maybe thirty seconds a minute. I think the most I got uh, once they, once action was called was about a minute thirty. So I had um, some of this B-roll stuff, which is what you saw in the slow motion and then for the actual scenes i had about a minute 30 of like usable things usable video and at one point i even went into the uh, to go look at the files and they weren't there i'm like wow it, it shows that it recorded for a minute 30 for a minute here for you know a minute there but the the files weren't there so i'm like that's really weird so this was like once we were done filming and everything for the night. I'm back at the uh, hotel room, and I'm looking in the camera, and all the files are there now. They were they weren't there before, but now they're they were there later. It was it was very odd. But anyways, during that scene um and we couldn't get those things recorded uh when my camera started messing up so did josh's laptop and josh has you know like a mac laptop or like a macbook You know, those things are solid and he's pulled it out a bunch of times uh, around me to show me you know evidence that he's caught and stuff like that play video and it always works fine and again as soon as we're ready to for them to start talking about this evidence you know my camera messes up and then his laptop messes up it was really weird and uh so i was you know and being, a, being a poor filmmaker i uh, that that's all i had that's the only camera i had and josh God bless him was like, you know what? I've got this older Sony digital camera. Do you want to use that? And I'm like, well fuck, I might as well. <laughs> you know, we gotta get gotta get something on video here. And um so the quality isn't the best on his you know, the camera I was using is you know, a four K camera, da 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 and the camera he had, I think it uh tops out at uh at uh geez. Twelve eighty you know, something like that. I, whatever the, the, uh, resolution is, but it's not high quality and, um, Yeah, are not super high quality or broadcast quality, but anyway, so that's why there's the, uh, the, the, the tiny screens of them. Cause if I did full screen, it'd look pixelated, things like that. So I had to get creative and use the, um, the small videos there but anyway so this the this whole part here where we're outside this was after we were done shooting and we went outside to investigate a little bit and it was so weird you know we saw some 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 lights in the sky and uh, um shauna saw this one that actually you know was it was star-sized but it ended up disappearing on her so that was kind of cool we actually saw some other um lights that were were pretty cool but they could have been satellites or you know who knows But while we were just kind of like chilling and and looking in the skies and stuff, we started hearing talking coming from the woods and you couldn't make it out. It was kind of, you know, murmuring or, but you know, you could tell it was voices And, and it was coming from the woods behind their house. There's, there's no houses there. There's maybe, I mean, boy, oh boy, maybe I think Josh was saying four or 500 yards back there. You know, so you're talking three, four, five football fields. Back, there might be a house. And we weren't hearing anybody walking. Although when we first walked out, we saw these deer running away. And that was like, as soon as we opened the door, about a 100 yards away, these deer took off. You know, so it was really easy to scare animals away because, uh, you know, we're just walking around and we're people being loud. So to hear this voice in the woods and in my opinion it sounded male. I think they agreed that it sounded male and it was just murmuring we couldn't tell what it was. So we you know we're taking pictures unfortunately the camera didn't pick up any of the audio but we took these pictures and you know uh, some weird anomalies on them I really don't know what to make of them you know it doesn't mean extraterrestrial it, you know it could be just uh, you know ma- matrixing or, or pareidolia um, speculated with the pictures that we saw one of them could really be just a fire ember that we caught with this cool little swoop who knows you know but uh, it was really weird that perfect triangle that was caught in the direction of the voices that we heard i don't know i don't know what to make of that so oh man now we're getting into their their evidence that they caught before i even met them and these pictures i think seeing these pictures right here is what made me want to do this documentary you know to tell their story other than you know the written form or to have them come on my podcast or something i saw these and i was like oh my god as many people as possible need to see these pictures like these are amazing and you know here they're they're describing you know the night that they took him. but look at that i mean that's just we saw this object in the sky you know that's up in the sky like what how do you even comprehend that how do you react when you see it well thankfully sean and josh like, shit, let's let's grab, grab the camera. And some of this uh, footage that they've captured was captured actually on that Sony digital camera that I used to shoot the video that you're watching right now, the little square down in the corner there. And uh, some of it they just took on their cell phones. And I think I distinguish that here in the different c- clips with the, uh, with the text that comes up. But yeah, this, the, these photos here are phenomenal. I, I, I call this, you know, the, the geometric <laughs> UFO photos uh, along with the uh, geometric UFO video that you saw before this. Let's see what's coming up next here oh yes yes so this is maybe a little bit deceiving that might seem lower than it than than how it looks here but where that light is the treetops are under it you just really can't see it because the video is so dark but that's that's like high up in the sky and so the sky is above it and the treetops are are below this and they're outside last summer and they're They're watching fireflies, and they're seeing some strange lights. And they saw this light as well. So, you know, they have the camera on the tripod, and they're filming it. But they're also, you know, looking at fireflies with Shauna's younger son. Shauna has two sons. And uh, they're outside with the 11-year-old. I think he was 10 at the time, maybe 9. And they're watching fireflies and commenting on them all the while filming this, this video. And... They don't even really notice it flicker out at the end of it, which I thought was uh, really interesting. So, you know, that's why I wanted to, to include this clip here. Uh, But I I just love that anytime something happens, you know, and that's the, they're, they're former paranormal investigators and, and they have that mentality, you know, like get the camera, get the camera, get the camera, who cares how insignificant it is or how it's going to come out, just get it and capture it and we can look at it and we can deal with it later, but let's experience it in the more in the moment, but also capture it. Also, what I like about these guys that they, is that they're so supportive of one another when it comes to these encounters, because Shauna described, you know, in the experiences section of this documentary, she described some, some pretty terrifying encounters. You know, she had the, the horrible stomach pain, and, you know, is that related to some sort of abduction experience, and are they doing something? to her if you know if all of that is true you know is is there some experiment are they doing something in her ovaries area you know (laughs) that's again sounds insane but you know is that happening and anyway she's having all these thoughts and the one person that she needed to believe her or to understand her or really just to listen to her was josh and he did and he supported her and then when josh was like I, you know my wall opened up and i was seeing another dimension and these things were grabbing me and you know what he needed was to not be told that he's crazy and shauna did that for him she didn't tell him he was crazy she told him that she loved him and and whatever you're going through will get through and don't be scared you're still here you're still with me and, and it's going to be okay you know and it is it, and it has been okay And other scary things happen and 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 it's been okay and they've just got this built-in support system that's really helping them out you know and before this clip ends here um this is what i call like the white ufo clip uh there was a red ufo shown for a second but there's reason for that because shauna believes that these white ufos are are like these beings of light that really kind of look over them for whatever reason i mean she doesn't i mean no one knows but when she sees red ufos like she described in the uh in this documentary that she has this ominous feeling towards them and then especially that night where her and her son saw the red ufo and then she started having those abdominal pains you know that kind of solidified that for her you know so she, she does not have a, a good feeling about these quote-unquote red ufos and i think it's just generally speaking to whoever might be listening to this and and not really understand you know uh ufology in general it, it it's probably pretty easy to understand though that red means bad and white means good in, in the color sense, you know, red light we stop and and uh, white lights are, you know, associated with, you know, heavenly things or things like that, you know, so maybe subconsciously that's what's telling her that in her head, I don't know. She also has some experiences though where she saw a red light and then didn't feel well, you know, she's having a visceral reaction to it, but. Uh, the security footage. uh, actually, you know, looked at the camera, looked at where it was set up, and this just doesn't make any sense here. You know that uh, where where that light is coming into play. I mean, it is. It, it's a ways away, but you know that's that's above the treetops. You know that's uh, it's not obviously not star sized, but it's probably a hundred or two hundred feet above the treetops and it appears to just hover but if you watch it for the full thing because i watched the full i think it's 45 minutes obviously i couldn't include that in here but i did a little nine minute time lapse but it just moves across the screen you know it's 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 ridiculous there's no explanation for it and you know i don't care if if you don't believe in in ufos at all i there's no explanation for this that's That light is not there all the time. It was there that night. You know, this is the only time he's captured it. That's not a drone. Drones don't have that much battery power to hover for 45 minutes and slowly, you know, move across the screen. Or if a drone is hovering, you know, is that the wind just carrying it a little bit? Would it be that horizontal? And... You know it's not a helicopter it's cl- obviously not an airplane or a satellite those things move so i i don't know i would love for a skeptic you know i i'm open-minded but i think this is one of the better pieces of evidence because there's there's just no explanation for it this is security footage it's unbiased information And it's just showing you what's there. There's nobody around. It's uh, 3, 3 3.30, 4 in the morning. And there's just this this light there. And it lasts for 45 minutes. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Coming up here, I believe, is the uh, EVP section. And uh, it's just a couple of EVPs. But they played these EVPs for me the uh, first time I met them. um, Early last year. Early summer, I believe. And this first one that plays it uh, i think shauna described it perfectly it, it sounds like a, a, a city bus breaking like i'm sure you've heard something similar to that before but it's a, you know and uh out of context not that weird that could be anything What if some sort of large vehicle or something was driving by their home The problem with that explanation is when you put it in context, this is a recorder sitting on their nightstand next to them in their bedroom in the middle of the night. So this is 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and there's no reason whatsoever for a large vehicle they actually live on a fairly small road and and large trucks actually don't travel on their road you know the 18 wheel or something that would have this sort of sound again it's not to say that it's impossible it's just not that probable given the context of the situation in the middle of the night the location of this recorder it's not like this recorder was outside either and uh, to capture something like that so clearly, like it sounds like it's right next to it, what it could be, I have no idea. Could there be a natural explanation for it? 100%. So, uh, I just like I included it as evidence, I guess, is what I'm telling you because it's just so odd given the context of it. Now, the Earth one I thought is really interesting as well. They're actually having a live EVP session. And they get the word Earth. They don't hear it at the time. They only hear it on playback. That's how EVPs work. And I'm not going to give a lesson in EVPs. Just Google it or something. But um, they heard this on playback. And to have it say Earth. You know, Josh, Shauna, and I. And, you know, millions of you out there have listened to EVPs before. And to get something like Earth. In the context of what they've been experiencing is mind-blowing. You know, it's that that certainly leads towards extra leans towards extraterrestrial in my opinion anyway, but Yeah, so this is the epilogue. This is like the end of it. I'm 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 giving them just like their their little wrap up here. Like weird shit happens. They're good people. And no matter what, whether you believe them or not, that that's not important. What's important is that they have each other. And I just think that's cool. They have a great relationship. And I admire it. And I think it's something that people should strive for. These these guys are honest to a fault with each other. They make fun of each other. They laugh together. They cry together. You know, they're they're sharing their lives the best way possible. And I, and I think it's amazing. On top of that, they're seeing some weird shit and experiencing some weird shit and helping each other with that too, you know. I'd also like to point out that what's about to come up right now is uh, my homie brzowski he did the soundtrack for this documentary there's obviously other music in here that's not by him but he did so he did four of the main pieces that are in here this song as well and i love this piece and uh and i wanted to end it on his original music um his music is also featured at the beginning of the documentary and in a couple of um or in a few different uh clips when they're explaining their story but uh super talented musician i've known him for god since 2002 something like that i met him and he's just a uh an amazing dude he actually he's he's uh, actually from rhode island but at, uh he lived in portland for probably about as long as i did maybe a little bit longer and now he moved to texas with his girlfriend so he's there right now and he's still touring and doing his thing but check out Brzezowski, MiltPavement.com. those guys are the homies uh moshe and c money burns and mike clouds and all those guys now right here um during the credits is all of the additional photo evidence that i was unable to include in the documentary and i just wanted to show it here and and shauna and josh provided them uh which is amazing like just look at all the evidence they have it's 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 ridiculous a little shout out to myself here i actually did a little bit of music in here myself and i did the quote sound design (laughs) but but of course, you're gonna do the sound design. But, anyways, that's Otherworldly Amore. Director Commentary out. Hope you enjoyed it. first. Classical WETA 90.9 FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app. I think what flavor of these new Dunkin' Coconut Refreshers you get says a lot about you. Really? What's it say about me? Well, you got the refreshing golden peach because you're vibrant, fun, and positive. Huh? what about me? The bold purple pomegranate means you're vibrant, fun, and positive. I take it I got this delicious pink strawberry because I'm vibrant, fun, and positive. Yeah, it's a simple system, really. Share the shine. Enjoy a medium Dunkin' coconut refresher for $3. Order ahead, plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer excludes classic Dunkin' refreshers.